Got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. and the rest of you out there in cyberspace. Welcome to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM and 104.9 FM. Uh We run two, two different stations to make sure we can get most of the coverage. Actually, it's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. Along with me, I hope, is Jim Mooney, Mr. Super safe Saturday himself. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, everybody. You're right. It's super safe Saturday. No wreck today. Where I'm on the radio, you're not allowed to have a crash. You have to get to work. You have to get to work or wherever you're going today. Nice and safe. No driving with the hands oh, yeah. off the wheel. Drive with drive like you want to get there. You need to be full time driver. I've seen that. Full time driver. And we went through we went through the holiday season, and hopefully everybody made it through safe. You know, we're the first week, full week into the brand new year, and uh, we need to work on it just a little bit because the information that I've been digging up this past week, and I'm going, wow, you know, we killed a lot of people on the road in a 12 month period, and the U.S. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So let's uh, let's be full-time drivers. Let's try that out for a while and see how that works. You know, let, do the little things. Hey, I'm, we had cold weather here, and my relative back east called, oh, oh, you must really think you're suffering because you have weather that went down to 30 degrees. <laughs> That's while they're talking, and it's 7 and I'm going, or zero. oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. The one that got me was the I-95 that runs up the East Coast. It was blocked. There were people in their cars for 14, 15, 16 hours, and that was the last report, and then they're just trying to get them off the road yesterday. They finally got it open, I guess, and that's a mess. And people were saying, yeah, we're out of water, we're out of gas, uh, we're out of electric for our little electric cars. Uh, there is, that's, that's a mess. Now, over the years with the Simmons Car Care Show, which is running, yeah, 34, 35 years now, we have, uh, we, we go into the wintertime when we know it's the weather changing and we try to bring you some helpful hints and stuff like this. Uh, when we say if you're going to take a trip, 
and the weather is bad, you need to take along your little emergency kit. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else we could do other than just tell you. But you know, unfortunately, or fortunately, or whatever, uh, we're not kidding when we try to get this information out to you. The best we, the best of our knowledge. And if you want to add something to these little emergency kits or or you come up with your emergency kit that worked, give us a call at 719-1490 because right now we have snow in the upper in the upper part of the state. We have people going out on the weekends to go play in the snow. We have people driving up to Mount Lemon. Mount Lemon was closed most of the week last week because of heavy or this past week because it was a uh, heavy snow. And where there's snow and when it starts to melt down and the weather is still kind of cold, you've got ice that goes along with that little program. And ice is nasty. Black ice is a nightmare. And But if you go off the road, you need to have some way provisions. In, well, let me tell you something. When we go out on search and rescue, we're required to carry 24 hours of survival stuff. In other words, we can live in the middle of nowhere for 24 hours, and we are not even going to run out of anything. And most of the people in search and rescue are so anal that when we go, we've got enough to last about four days. I mean, we've got stuff packed in there that we can't even – we have to pack the food rations on something that's in a can that won't spoil and will go with the ambient temperature that, we'll deal, that we're dealing with. So this is – I'm not telling you to put 60 pounds of, of survival equipment in the back of your trunk. However, I'm a chicken. I go out, I know how severe this stuff can get, and maybe we are a little bit anal when it comes to that for a good reason. But we also know that if we have these big packs and we have all of these provisions and stuff, we can share it with whoever we find or whoever we're looking for because they're probably going to be out, and that's why we carry so much stuff. So, and that is a little recommendation for you when you're out running and you're going to the White Mountains. Oh, I'm just going to drive up there. I'm going to stay in a hotel. This is your thought process because it, it's mine. If you go out and, oh, I'm just going to drive up to Flagstaff. I mean, it's no big deal. You know, a few hours driving, nice cruise time. The roads are going to be good. I think the roads are going to be good. There's the killer. I think. You assume that that road may have some ice on it, that road may have some snow on it. Okay? Go ahead, Jim. Well, the the other thing is the road changes. I did a job this week on Mount Lemon. The guy, the gentleman had drove up, and this was on December 31st. He drove up Mount Lemon. The road was fine. He, On his way down, it started snowing because he wasn't wasn't paying attention. They had closed the road. It had gotten from the time he started down to the time he could make it down. The road was closed, so no traffic was coming up. He's driving, not crazy, but just driving. Gets a little bit south of the Palisades Ranger Station, flies off the road and down the hill. Now, it's not just you know, like he slides down the hill. He slides a hundred feet straight down. A hundred, and what stops him is the tree. The trees are what stop him on the way down. It's a foot and a half of snow. He has no coat. He has no water. And you know what? There's no cell service up there. 
Not one, you couldn't get a text or a cell service out to save your life, and you're standing there off the side of the road with nothing and no way to call anybody, and you're stuck because he didn't think about leaving an hour prior. Most people don't. Like you said, Jerry, they, they think, oh, everything's going to be just fine until you get there, and, and things change. Environments change while we're on the move. So he had to walk a mile down the road in the snow without a coat, without water, without anything, so he could get a cell service so he could so he could call 911. And luckily, there was a sheriff's deputy on his way down from the mountain and who got him and took him down to the bottom of the mountain. It took us till wow. Monday to recover the vehicle because, well, the road was closed for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, I can tell you, I was up there, and there's 18 inches of snow, 12 inches of snow in, in gathered places. Of course, where he was at, it was shadowy, so it was probably a little bit more. Traffic was crazy because everybody wanted to go up and see the snow. I don't know what everybody's doing on on Monday, but everybody had to go see the snow. Traffic is crazy. Bicycles are everywhere. And uh, the road was, although dry in most places, there was a lot of places where the melting snow was crossing, and it was very slippery. I saw people sliding, snow falling off cars. You know, of course, people would pile it on their cars, but then cars that were up there, snow was falling off, you know. And it was just it was just a really, really precarious situation that you put yourself in because um, you want to see the snow. So like Jerry says, hey, you're going to go up there, you're going to go to the White Mountains. They could start snowing and not stop snowing for three days. And what do you do? That's right. Well, you have to be prepared to take <laughs> care of this stuff, you know, and you're going in the snow. I mean, I, if if this guy couldn't have, what if he'd have been injured, you know, in the car? In the, it had a little F-150. But if he'd have been injured um, and couldn't get out, nobody even would have known he was there. You could not see him from the roadway. You could, he, he, nobody would have seen him. He wouldn't have been able to call. If he'd have been incapacitated or, or it, like, say he had a broken arm or it just, you know, got someplace where he couldn't get the door. Unless he couldn't get the door open because he was in a wreck. Couldn't get the door open, right. couldn't get the windows down because the battery died, um, couldn't get anything, and there he is stuck in this vehicle for three or four days. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to be looking really hard to see this guy. You'd have to be walking along the side of the bank. By the way, the plows had came um, on Saturday and Sunday. They plowed the road and caused a you know a a drift up on the side of the road. So, it was, so you had to jump up, you know, two feet to look over. It could have been forever before somebody found this poor guy. And this is really, and this is, you know, what would he have done? What would he have done? He had no water to drink, no coat. I mean, he possibly could have froze overnight because it would have been down in the 30s. Um, although he would have been in the cab of the truck, but, you know, if the window got broken or, but no water to drink, no coat, no way to start the vehicle, no cell service. Um, there you are stuck in a, in a precarious situation. And the only thing that the only saving grace you would have is somebody might know. Well, again, like we say, somebody might know that you are, um, are, uh, stuck someplace. Ergo, let's go back to the, to the comment you made several months ago. He could have got, the only thing I could think he could have done was to get on his cell phone, like Jerry recommended, change his voice and also, Hey, I'm at mile post 20 on Mount Lemon off the side of the road. I think that's the only thing he could have done because he could have left the voicemail maybe on his phone and hopefully it would have taken. I don't know. 
But yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff you see when well when you do my work. Um for a poor guy that was, you know, just having a you know, just driving along. Wasn't wasn't being stupid, wasn't drunk, wasn't trying to be crazy, wasn't you know, wasn't going out four wheeling, wasn't doing anything. He was just driving down the road and this is a situation he ran into. Very 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 That's dangerous. Right. Very dangerous. You know, in um in when we do search and rescue little uh seminars like we're gonna be doing at a symposium coming the 22nd, uh, we make little suggestions on things that you want to do when you get ready to go to the mountains, to go sightseeing or whatever. You need to tell somebody that's not going, somebody that is responsible, say, okay, uh, Jim, I'm going to be leaving Tucson. I'm, I'm going up top of the mountain, um, and I'll I'll check in when I get there It'll, because anything can happen. Now, the drive time, if I can give you a time, approximate time that I'm going to be driving up and when I'm supposed to be there and check in, you you know, a family member will call you to make sure you got there, supposedly. And if they call you and they can't get a hold of your cell phone, there's two, two reasons for it. One is like uh, Jim just said, cell phone service. Okay, the other thing is once you get up there on uh, top of the mountain, you call back in. These, your, your in Tucson person that you've left a message with said, okay, I'm going up here and I'm going to be driving. It's going to take me about 45 minutes to an hour. If I don't, if you don't hear from me within an hour, uh, try, try calling me or, uh, give me about another 15, 20 minutes and then call 911 and give 911 the information that I give you. Where are you going? If you're going up to the to uh, Palisades, or you're going on up top of the mountain, Windy Point, <coughs> excuse me, Windy Point, or anything like that, give them the information. Always give the people the information where you're going and when you expect to be back. Same thing with hiking. If you pull into Sabino Canyon and you park there in the parking lot, and you're going out, okay, you're going up and back, piece of cake. Up and back, up and back. You know how many rescues we do in Sabino Canyon for people just going up and back? Leave some kind of a note on your windshield when you're going to come back. And I've heard all the crap in the world about, well, if I leave a message in my car or on my window, people will know that I, when I will be back and they could go in and burglarize my car. Hey, that car's insured. Don't worry about it. Take your cell phone with hot battery or a backup battery with you when you go when you're traveling you go up the mountain you also take a hot battery now in this gentleman's case he didn't really have a a choice he slid off the road he went down the bank he had no cell service so he had to walk okay anticipate that you may have to walk in snow or that the weather can change it's winter time even in tucson arizona so be prepared. Take a blanket with you or two blankets with you. They don't weigh that much. Take a bunch of energy bars or something that's got enough nutrition in them. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I'm a diabetes, a diabetic. I can't take, uh, uh, I can't eat these bars or anything like that. I want to tell you something. Uh, take the energy bar with you. They can treat your diabetes when they get you in the hospital. But the, by the way, the treatment for diabetics, is sugar that even out in the field low sugar will kill you 
high sugar can be treated and you can get away with it for quite a while. <laughs> if, if we couldn't, half the country would be dead. But <laughs> make sure you've got food, something as light to carry in case you have to get out of your vehicle and walk. Make sure you've got adequate clothing. You take along uh, a couple of winter jackets, a light jacket, a heavier jacket, throw it in the trunk, throw it in the back seat, keep it where you can get your hands on it. And then when you get out to walk in the snow, are you walking with a pair of loafers on? Well, one, most people that go up on top of the mountain have regular hiking shoes and stuff like that. No, that's that's fallacy. I can't say that for certain. Uh, Walking in the snow with low cuts on, like loafers, fills up the snow inside. It goes in. Uh, and it just starts freezing your toes. And even when you walking, it can still freeze your toes. So, uh, you know, you have to, you know, if you're going to go play in the snow, take a, some snow boots with you or something like that. You know, take water with you. Take water. You can live five days with, you can live a long time without food. You can't live a long time without water. Take an adequate supply of water. Get a gallon of water. Gallon of water, put it in a trunk. You can get it at a, uh, one of your convenience stores on the way up the mountain, but don't forget it. And take some way to signal in the event that you don't have a uh, cell phone service. If you, There's flashlights out there now that little tiny things like it, I care in search and rescue. That I mean, they're bright as a son of a gun. They've got flashers on it. If you put a flashing light out there, and you've got batteries. Take that extra set of batteries with you also for your, for your flashlights and your lighting. Take a couple of sources of lights, and you can signal somebody with a flashing light. A flashing light has a tendency to catch people's attention. You're down the side of a mountain. You're already in a world of doo-doo. Anything that you can have with you that you can notify people, let them know that you're over there. Because with the weather and the snowing as heavy as it snowed up on Mount Lemmon in a short period of time, actually, um, it covers up a lot of tracks and stuff. And if people don't know where you're at or how to come and get you or when you're coming home to even send someone out to look for you, I've been on those things. I have seen it firsthand how much trouble you can get into in a short period of time. The other thing is don't panic. Absolutely don't panic. You can't change history. History is the fact that it's already happened to you. You're there. Now calm down and deal with it. And remember your safety first. Okay. If you're out on these back roads and stuff like that, a vehicle is a heck of a lot easier to spot by helicopter than you are. So if you have a vehicle out there, that's the only shelter you've got. And if you're down there and you can't get out, and the situations, every situation, I've never seen two rescues in the 30-some years that I've been doing this that are the same, okay? So uh, just be prepared. You've got to have, you know, in fact, uh, you take along some bottled water. Uh, you take along, if you've got access uh, or something like a flare, be careful with the flares if you don't know how to use them. Uh, you might want to learn how to use them before you ever need one because it comes in real handy. Uh, take blankets. Make sure you got blankets. Cold weather means it's cold. Take blankets. Take two. Don't take one. Take two. 
If you've got four people in your car, take four. Make sure everybody has some way to get covered. If it's going to be raining or if it's going to be, well, raining, we see a lot of that because people go four-wheeling in the mud, don't they, Jim? Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. All the time. Take something. You can use a big uh, long-leaf bag, and it takes up no space in the car. It takes up nothing. Put it in there so that you can keep the water off of you and keep stay dry if you have to walk in this mess. You can, I mean, you can take your fingers and pull that bag apart or a little bitty pocket knife or something to open a bag to make a raincoat out of it, and it will keep you dry. Your arms may get a little wet, but that bag is really big. I take two, and I've got, well, search and rescue. After you see a lot of this stuff, you, you learn what you need to take out there for survival. And But it needs to be everything... You need to just be prepared. All right, I'm going out. And look at it this way. I'm going to the top of Mount Lemon looking in the snow. Okay, what could possibly happen going to the top of Mount Lemon to play in the snow? What could possibly happen? How many people go wrong. are driving that mountain? What could go wrong? Exactly. Nothing could go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nothing can go so, wrong. You, you know, you say about the, the bags, Jerry, um, you know, uh, I'm glad you said that. We use them. We take garbage bags when we're going to go work in the mud or in the snow. Um, we'll take the garbage bags, the large, you know, like 50, even 55 gallon drum bags or the large 33 gallon drum bags. Long leaf. We'll tie, Long leaf bags. Yeah, yeah. And we'll tie, we'll put what we'll put them around our. We'll put them. We'll step in them like you know waders, and tie them up to our yeah. to our thighs because that way <clears throat> you you keep your feet dry and it's really important. I don't think people understand how really important it is to keep your feet dry um wet feet uh, have a tendency to chafe they they um they blister um and especially with with socks and shoes um if you're walking a long distance now you've got now you've got a sore you and now you can't walk at all because your foot hurts so bad you can't see straight because it's not like you're walking on a sidewalk we're, we're talking about this guy that i was it was 100 feet straight down. You know, it wasn't like he could just walk up the hill. He had to climb up the hill on his hands and knees. On his hands and knees. Mm-hmm. I had, when I, when I had to, went down, I had to take the winch cable down to hook up to the truck. I had to use the winch cable to climb up like a repeller. Because I couldn't walk up it. Yep. Sideways, lengthways. So this poor guy had to climb up the hill in the, while it's snowing on him, you know, to get to the roadway. And, um, mm-hmm. So if he'd had, you know, if you have, so now he's all, now he's wet. And that's a, you could, that's a, an instant hypothermia situation. You can, you could, you immediately get cold. And it's not like you can get cold and warm back up because the water just stays cold and it sucks the heat right out of you. So you're automatically going to be in a negative position. The simple act of putting, you know, garbage bags on your feet or up on your thighs that allows you to, Stay a little dry. It might not keep you warm. Well, actually, keep the wind off of you. But it'll, it, it, it actually it works as a windbreaker. Yeah, it works as a windbreaker. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, and the flashing light is an is an excellent idea because if this gentleman had had a flashing light and he for say he was stuck in his cab of his truck, say he couldn't get the doors open. Then, luckily for him, the airbags didn't deploy. Because if the airbags had deployed, he would have they would have smacked him in the nose, and he might have been laying there unconscious. 
or at least incapacitated, because I don't know if anybody has ever been hit by one of those puppies, but it is not fun. It is not fun at all. Imagine a 12-gauge shotgun <laughs> blowing up in your face. It's not a, it's not an enjoyable experience by the long way. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, at night, if a flashing light, even in the cab of the truck, you might have been able to see, you know, because you could you would have, you would have seen this, this anomaly of, of, of light flashing and, um, somebody could have picked up on that in the day. It might've been a little more difficult, but I, I th- think somebody would have caught it and said, Oh, what's that? And that could have, that could have saved your life. That simple act of a flashing white light or red light, they're cheap. They, they, you know, take spare batteries if you got them or take two, but you get those magnetic ones, they stick on the car, you know, they flash, they're five bucks at Harbor Freight, they're, they're, if you buy a real expensive one, they're $50, you know, that has a magnet and you can turn it any direction you want, it has 16 different colors and, 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 uh, light flashes, you know, that kind of thing there can go a huge way to tell somebody where you're at, even if you're, I mean, I hate to say it, but even if you're hiking, you know, if you had one that you're hiking on the road and you, and right. you fall off down down the side of the hill and and somebody's looking for you and, and then they say, hey, you know, a mile away they can see a flashing light surprisingly well. I mean, surprisingly well you can see flashing. It catches your eye for, for whatever reason, the flashing light. I know that NHTSA did a study and they said that flashing lights on the back of cars are like 200 times more visible than solid lights. 200 times more visible. That's just for like taillights. If if the if that little light flashes, it's like two hundred times more visible. That's pretty. That's quite a bit. It's not like that's like twice. Two hundred times. That's a lot. So when when you're uh, when so if somebody's out there and can and catches that that flash, hey, you might it might save several hours. So, I mean, I mean, think I don't know if anybody comprehended what you said in the beginning of the show, but sixteen hours in a car, sixteen hours. That's seven to eleven. That's seven a.m. in the morning to eleven o'clock at night. That's that's a that's a time when most people get up, go to work, go shopping, go home, take care of the kids, and go to bed. Most people are in bed before then. Sixteen hours. Imagine being stuck in your yeah. car for sixteen hours. Oh my God, I would. <laughs> I would have been. I I would have been going nuts. Right. I mean, you're right. Can't panic. But I mean, man, that would have been that would have been a rough. That would have been a rough sixteen hours to to wait for somebody to. Unplow you, drag you out. I mean, that's crazy. Imagine being stuck that's in a right. car for three days. Three days stuck in a car or stuck on the side of a hill. When you do search and rescue, Jerry, people are not, it's not like they're there five minutes. They're there for several hours, nope. maybe a day, maybe 24 hours. Well, so that's right. And the thing is that even if you, as soon as you get in trouble when you're out hiking and you call 911, Depending on where you're at, it's still going to take about two hours response time for everybody to get their gear and get in there. Uh, they have um, uh, uh, quick teams that they send in the field, but we've got to know that you're there or where you were last seen. And the thing with, if you write the information down or you make sure, and I, this is probably about the best five minutes you're going to spend, you write it down. And you make sure somebody has this information. And then if you're hiking, leave it on the dash of your car so that we will know where you're headed uh, and stay on that trail. If you get lost on the trail, they make flagging tape. We carry flagging tape with us. 
and you can you can hang something in a tree every thirty feet or something like that and go out. But especially if you plan on going back the same way. Uh, if not, uh, you can hang your flagging up in the tree, and you when you go back, you take the flagging down. That's just the thing to do. But you can use the flagging to help guide yourself back to where you were. And, you know, but when you make a 911 call and it goes through, that generates a GPS on you. And the Sheriff's Department, we have a, a real, real super search and rescue situa- uh, information center where you can call in and they've got an icon on that thing. So you can push a button that says, find me. And what you do when you activate that button, that gives them a current GPS on you. And then all the troops are notified and then they start sending people in to get you. But you've got to be prepared to stick around about two and a half hours. If you're hurt, you're going to be there about two and a half hours before we can even get help into you. But that's after we've been notified. So it, you, it, it, it's just anything you can take with you. And, you know, of course, we're concerned about gas mileage. I don't care about gas mileage. When it comes to your life, gas mileage is nothing. So you make sure you've got a full tank of gas, a hot battery, a hot battery in your cell phone, a backup battery to your cell phone, and then and a couple of pieces of lights, you know, flashing lights, uh, especially flashlights. You've got to be able to see if you're out there. Um, and uh, that light can be seen by somebody else, and that's the big thing on it. Uh, you know, if you're it, – it's just too dangerous to be messing around with, and it's something that you can't shortcut. If you go out there and you shortcut it and you don't have your clothing and stuff, like the guy was in – he was in a lot of trouble. If it hadn't been for that deputy coming down that mountain, he'd really been in a lot of trouble. But he'd have been – if he you would have can, been – he doesn't know what he'd have done. He really didn't know when I asked him. He really didn't have any idea. Yeah. He was completely clueless. You know, he wasn't like he was an unintelligent person. He was a very intelligent man. Um, he just he had never been in this situation before, and he had no idea what to do, and he had no idea, no way to get help. It was it was very right. it was very interesting because he he you know as he got out and he first thing he thought of to do was walking, which okay if walk to get cell service is great, but he could have, you know, the, as the snow continues, the road becomes invisible. Even a paved road becomes invisible. It starts, it thinks, you don't know exactly where the edges are. You don't know where the boundaries are. Um, and there's, there's, you start, if you, and it's dark. We're talking, you know, it's pitch black. There are no street lights yeah. on Mount Lemon Road. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're trying to find your way in the dark, and you're and you're using moonlight as your as your uh, as your exterior illumination. Um, yeah, that's a problem. That's a serious serious problem. And this poor guy, you know, he walked until he got to where a deputy could pick him up. That was and that had the guy had not been there. They would have had to send somebody up the mountain. Well, okay. Well, if the road is the road's already without plowing it, the guy and the, even the deputy in a four wheel drive Tahoe might not be able to make it up there. You got to remember that. So now, some, how how do we get to this guy? How do we how do we find him? How do we how do we get up there to get him? Do we send a plow out to plow the road just to get this guy? And that's the plows are up on the top of the mountain. 
Now you got to get somebody up yep. on a Saturday night to come plow the road. That could take forever. You got to get up there and get to it. So, well, the, um, the, yeah, the big he, thing is he was lucky. You've got to know that he's there. You've got to know that he didn't get up there when he's supposed to, or he hasn't made it back to Tucson in the length of time that he should be able to drive from the top of Mount Lemmon and drive at 15 mile an hour coming down through the snow. Uh, so all this stuff is really critical. I'm sorry, Andrew, what did you say? Uh, you guys got a caller whenever you want to take him. We'll take him right now. Let's go. Who do we got? Uh, we got uh, Big Al on line one. Big Al. Good morning, Big Al. What's up, Gerald? Well, we're just we're trying to keep people from getting killed, dying, deceased, out of trouble. I, uh, trying to keep them out of trouble as much and, as possible uh, can. And your uh, little sidekick there, the contortionist, uh, talking about yeah. dangerous conditions. Uh, and I wondered what you guys thought about that uh, sentence that was uh, commuted by the governor of Colorado for that truck driver that uh, ran into those vehicles and killed four people. And that sentence was commuted from 110 years to 10 years. I'm wondering if you think that's I... fair, because normally, uh, at least the, maybe you can tell me that I'm wrong, or that you know of another example. But um, while it's sad that those people are gone, it was an accident. He has no previous problems, a perfect driver, and he missed the uh, turnout to slow down. Then there was a truck on the right side that he couldn't uh, hit him because then he, uh, who knows what's in the truck. And... I'm just wondering if you think 10 years is fair for what is norm, normally thought of as an accident. Uh, well, <clears throat> unfortunately or fortunately or whatever, I don't, I haven't seen all the conditions. I, you know, I wasn't privy to the trial and seen all the evidence that was presented. In order to make an intelligent decision on this, accidents happen. Jim will tell you. I'll tell you. Everybody knows that. Um, but I don't know because I don't know anything about this. You've told me more right now about the circumstances that created this accident than I have been able to pick up. Um, you know, it's, when you get in a wreck like that and you, that many people lose their life, yeah, there's going to be somebody paying something. Um, yeah, but an accident is an accident. Uh, they happen all the time. You know, that's the reason we have insurance. And, but if he did something stupid, which I have no clue, I wasn't in that truck. And I learned a long time ago because I've been around a couple of years that I don't judge until I have the information. And so I am, unfortunately, I can't say one way or the other if it was fair or unfair. You know, if he went down the road and he had an M16 or an AR-15 or a, some big gun out the window shooting everybody going down there, that's not an accident, okay? And so if they ruled it an accident, they're going to have to, the punishment has got to be an accident-based. It happened, okay? Uh, did what? Did he have any business being on the road? What was the conditions of the road? 
Uh, I have no information on that. You know, was he speeding? Was he? Uh, I, I just don't have that information now. What about you, Jim? You got a thoughts on this? Well, if if I remember right, it, it was a the the crash was a huge crash, like thirty cars or something. If there was a there was a lot of vehicles involved, and yeah. um, and I and it was four people that died, I think. Um, right. And um, so the so the guy was driving. Um, and I'm trying to think. I can't remember the exact. I did see on this. He had a truck. The exact. He, he is in a truck, Jimmy. He, he's in a yeah. He's in a tractor trailer, and um, you know, if it's you know that's a that's a tough call. If, if you're the guy, if you're the family member of the, of the person who was oh absolutely deceased now, it's it's a totally different perspective. But a hundred year sentence for a guy that's driving down the road. I mean, th- here's here's the here's the thought process. You're driving a truck. You're a commercial driver. That means you've been trained to do your job. So, therefore, you should know better than anybody else about the rules of the road and how to drive a truck. Okay? This, this is your profession. You're an expert in this field. That's that's the premise. Okay. Um, if uh, people get driver's license, then when you get a driver's license, although it's a, it's a privilege, you know, they're not experts in their field. Um People make mistakes. Uh, environmental conditions occur. You know, um, he. I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember exactly what took place. Other than the, the whatever he did caused a 28 car pileup, or he ran into 28 cars. Um, the um, I don't know if if he, if he hit them or if if he the truck crashed and then the 28 cars piled up behind him. I think that the, the latter is probably more correct. But uh, I just. You know, you guys all have good perspectives, and I just was wondering what you guys thought of this, because in a wreck, when it's an accident and the guy has no previous issues, uh, and yes, he did kill those people, but I'm just wondering, in a less than 28-car wreck, would you have handed out a 110-year sentence for somebody that truly is sorry and i just wonder also uh, about the governor of colorado commuting it to 10 years is that uh is that fair you know he took 100 well, years off the sentence and now he's got 10 years but i i wonder when we have uh accidents and somebody kills somebody else in a car do you remember anybody getting 10 years it depends on the it depends on the situation. If it if it if it's a if the if the accident occurred and it's you know a result of you know uh, illegal use like a like a DUI, then yeah, that gets right. That. But Jimmy, there's nothing yeah. there. He he was as clean as a whistle. Right. So so here's the thing in this situation. So from what I remember, right, there was a huge outcry. People are like, "That's crazy, 110 years." So you have to ask yourself. Okay, so what's the severity? Is it is it ten year is ten years good for four people? Well, if one if you're in an accident driving down the road and you didn't run a red light, you're you're you. I don't. I'm I'm trying to figure out a situation that I can say here. But you're driving down the road and you have a collision with somebody. Oh, let's go. Oh, we'll do this. We'll do this one. Chuck Huckleberry. People. T- a guy makes a turn. Chuck, right. Um, guy gets. Guy gets a, has a collision. They swerve over to hit Chuck Huckleberry. A bicycle's on the side of the road. Chuck Huckleberry never right. seen from again. 
Nothing, okay. and, and nothing, uh, that I don't think that driver had any priors either that hit him. Nope. And he and was, he uh, in the right as well. He, I mean, it was a legal accident, basically, right? It, well, I guess, it's, it's no, they, uh, the turn, yeah, the, the vehicle, the minivan, he swerved in front of another driver and tried to swing into another lane or something. Or correct. I correct. think. But, but, but a, a simple crash that where two people thought they had the right of way resulted in, in, in a, a serious injury or a potential death to somebody. Right. Let's say, let's say it's a death. Um, they didn't go to jail. They, right. They might, they might get a, then there's, I see many accidents that are head on collisions. You know, so a head on collisions when two vehicles are traveling in opposite directions and one of them gets in front of the other one. Either they're passing, maybe they're passing somebody, and they and they don't have enough time, and there's a head-on collision. They're not going to jail, but you know they don't get arrested and thrown in jail. So is this guy was were they trying to make an example out of this guy? It's possible. Well, I think I don't know, Jimmy. It's very possible. That's why I'm calling you just to. I I, I know you guys. You know you. I know Jerry um, pays attention, and I know you do too. And I just was wondering what you guys thought of this. Yeah, a ten-year sentence seems seems oh crazy. But then, like you said, like Jerry said, I wasn't there. I didn't see all the evidence. I I don't know. I, maybe maybe the one of the Carson. This is how it plays out too. Maybe one of the people who was injured or or is deceased now was you know somebody who was had connections. I don't know. But here's the other yeah. thing, Alan. If if the driver of the truck was driving, and let's say, for example, he rolled the truck on the side of the road and laid it down. It happened yesterday out on I-10, right near Marsh Station. Yeah, I remember. Trailers on the side yep. of the road. Were you um, on that call, so Jimmy? The, no, no, no. We they we we picked up the vehicles, the cars that were involved after the fact. Because if you're driving down the road and there's a there's a there's a hazard in the road, and you come upon it and crash into it, which I've been to many times. Um, is that the guy who's caused the, who now has the disabled vehicle's fault, or is that your fault for not driving properly? So if the four vehicles that um, were driving down the road crashed into a disabled vehicle or multiple disabled vehicles, is that the guy's fault because he, he had an incident in the middle of the road? It would be the same as if my I car broke down. Shared I responsibility. Yeah, I pulled off off the side of the road. I have my lights on. You know, I'm flashing in this state, like most states, it's a move over law. Um, but I rear end him, and and my passenger dies. Is that the guy's fault for having disabled vehicle, or is that the guy's fault for driving the vehicle? Failure to maintain driving the car that crashed. Yeah, failure to maintain. Failure to maintain. So, one of the things that the convictions does is it now puts the insurance company on the hook for for uh, for lawsuits. So the trucking company now is okay. You're convicted. It must be absolutely your fault. So now, for, therefore, you're responsible. So now your insurance is responsible. That's one of the things that the conviction does. Like you know, when you get cited for a ticket, you know, a crash at your oh, home. Yeah. When you get oh, the, yeah. right. when you get the conviction. Now, now it's a the civil actions are are much easier to pursue. So I'm not sure if that was the out the underlying situation. I wasn't there. I didn't write the ticket. It's hard to say. And and yeah, Alan, you've done traffic for what 35 years. You know you know traffic better than me and Jerry combined. 
this is why you, I'm you, calling you guys. <laughs> this is a puzzler to me. Uh, clearly, it's his fault, but it was an accident. He had no crash, nothing on his record. It was spotless. He didn't mean to. Uh, you know, he's remorseful. He is guilty, but is 110 years commuted to 10. Is that fair? I don't know. I know you guys uh, know a lot uh, more about these kinds of things than I do, and I just thought I would tap you uh, to see if uh, what your thoughts were on it, because it, it is kind of a hot potato. Oh, yeah. Well, 10 years, oh, yeah. a 10-year sentence even is, is a long time. I don't think people understand how really long 10 years is. I mean, it goes by fast when you're, you know, old guys like us. Um, but um, 10 years, that's from 30 to 40. <laughs> that's from 20 to 30. He's 20, what was he, like 22 or 23? 20, 20-something, 20 yeah. Yeah, so, so, no, so, so let's say he's 23. So that's 23 to 33. But let's say he gets out in five. So that's 23 to 27. Well, that's um, several years of careers that of 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 work career that are gone, that were money that he can't make, um, he can't make advancement. That that will affect his life forever if he if he has a family. You know, that's five years of not seeing his family. That's five years of not having children. That's five years of not being able to contribute to the community. That's five years of all kinds of things that the normal that we, you and me as normal people that everybody does just either consciously or unconsciously that's now taken out of the loop Pro- production that no longer gets to gets to be um happen i'm not saying that the guy shouldn't go to jail for five or ten years i don't really know i mean if he's guilty and, the, and somebody in court decides that he should go to jail for ten years and that's the deal good bad right or wrong i mean you you play the hand you're dealt so but, you know, the I'm guy sure. is now going to be. I, I'm more than sure that that judge has more information than either all three of us together. And if he reviews that, which they do before sentencing, and if he's seen something in there and goes back and gets over the emotional issue of this and sits there and reviews all the facts, you know, it needs to be fact-based. And he separates it out. And if he reduced it down to 10 years, he must seen something in there that we wasn't privy to. In other words, he, Jerry, I, hopefully, if, yeah. The, uh, the governor of Colorado commuted mm-hmm. the sentence from 110 to one to 10. The, the judge didn't do anything. That's well, what I. That's why I called because had, I just wondered. I've just never heard of yeah. that kind of stuff going on. You know. Well, you know, I haven't heard of a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. Have you? <laughs> I've heard of a little. Yeah, I've heard I of a little too. But Christmas. there's a lot of stuff that don't make sense, and you know, and this is just one of those. And I just have to put it in there, but, you know, I'm glad I didn't make that decision. I'm glad I wasn't responsible for that decision, especially with the information that I don't have. And, uh, you know, I just, I can't say one way or the other on this guy, uh, you know, but if somebody, I mean, the governor just don't pull the name out of a hat and say, okay, I think that's too much. I'm going to back it down. 
There's right. got to be supporting yeah, evidence for this stuff. So I, I just I just don't know. Eventually, next probably next twenty years, we'll get the rest of the information. I think uh, Jimmy's example about that Huckleberry incident was a good one because no one went to oh, jail absolutely. for that. Of course, he didn't get killed, but uh, you know, right. he didn't. Go, no one went to jail. Yep. Yep. You know, things happen. How much you guys have know? insurance, but you know, and that's not justifying anything. If you fail to maintain your rig, the biggest thing on the road is driving a car or driving a eighteen wheeler or anything. Even Jim was driving his his uh wreck trucks, his his tow trucks and stuff. Uh it's one, there needs to be an intent Two, now this is just my personal opinion. There needs to be an intent. Uh, if he's driving down a road at 100 miles an hour in an 18-wheeler, which some of them will run 100 if you take the governors off of them, uh, then, and he lays that thing down in the road and piles it up. But I'm wondering what the other people behind him, were they following so close that they couldn't put on the brakes and dodge some of this stuff? You know, crap I don't know. Happen, I, think he, but, I think he hit, uh, it was like a chain reaction, Jerry. I, Maybe Jimmy knows more, but Did uh, he run into I don't want to get in the weeds with it. Uh, I, I think he, yeah. he hit a car, and then it was a chain reaction. Uh, but I, I do okay. appreciate what you guys' uh, opinions are on this. I just It's going to be interesting to see how this guy is handled in, uh, yep. you know, in court. Yeah, so, right. It's not over I with. with the, the, the case, the oh, case no. is not over with. There's, you know, there's somebody, there's going to be some backlash, um, and... And like I said, I've been to I've been to lots of truck wrecks where where there's fatalities. You know, I yeah. I've been I was that one where the woman crashed in the middle on her own because she had bad tires, spun out in the middle of I-10 and it caused a chain reaction crash of two fatalities and and uh, you know it was it was twenty car pileups. Yeah. So, so those yeah. things did do they happen, take, but I don't think she went. Did she go to jail? Do you remember? No, no, no. They cited her for 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 uh, poor maintenance on. Uh, there was something maintenance on the car, you know, bad tires, illegal tires, and you know, and failure to control vehicle or something, you know, you know, stopping in the middle. I think mm-hmm. there is a rule: stopping in the middle of the interstate is illegal. You can't just yeah you can drive down the road and stop in the middle of the interstate and get out and take photos. You know? Unless it's you. So, unless it's me. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Uh, I'm glad I got you off on the right foot, Jimmy. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Al. Very interesting. Take care, Very Gerald. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. 719-490, if you'd like to join us down here. We've uh, we've pretty much covered uh, anything. At the, I mean, we've pretty much covered a lot of stuff, stuff that you hear about, and then you walk around telling yourself, hmm, and that's all you can say is, hmm, because are you sure you have all the information? Why did they make that? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, when you go from 110 down to 10, that is a lot. And that means that either somebody missed something somewhere or the the information, once you compile it all and you go into it with an open mind and you look at this thing on an individual basis, say, okay, now, what did he actually do? I mean, what what could have been prevented had he done something else? I mean, there's a lot of thought process that's got to go into this, and I agree with Jim. It's not over. 
it's not over. There's going to be a lot of information go down on this thing. Uh, and it's, there's going to be a lot of civil suits. There's going to be a lot of everything. And uh, along with civil suits comes a lot of attorneys, a lot of smart attorneys. And the insurance companies have their smart attorneys, too. And you can bet your hind end that they're going to be looking into this with a fine-tooth comb and a magnifying glass and to see what actually went down and what could have been prevented and to see if he was totally uh, in fault for it or one of the reasons could it possibly be. Maybe they figure that the uh, people driving into the pile, I, I have no idea. All I know is I am sorry for the people's loss. I mean, oh, my gosh. And it's, you know, I'm on, the courts are going to have to do this one. That's above my pay grade. Yeah, I agree, Jerry. It's, and? That's above my pay grade. Yeah. So, Al, thank you very much for the call. It was intriguing, intriguing. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, that I-95 up in Virginia after seeing all the clips on TV about that thing, I'm surprised that they didn't have like 50 car, 100 car, 200 car pileups. Um, but the one thing, one shining thing I seen on the news was the clip is the guy that was driving a bread truck. He opened that bread truck up and went down the line giving people bread, something to eat. And I'm going, man, if I knew who that was, I'd put his name out on this national radio. And let everybody know who that company was, because that guy was absolutely a lifesaver. I mean, he sure made life a lot easier by helping his people out there. So there's still some good people in the world, even in these big, long I-95 uh, snowstorms. We have we have I-95 snowstorms on I-40 up in northern Arizona. And there's here a few years ago, I remember these vehicles up there stuck sideways in the road, off the side of the road and stuff like that. And, you know, so it's it's good to know that people actually care about other people. And they normally come together like they did in a fire in Colorado, uh, like they do in these big blizzards and stuff like that where people help people. And that is really good that people can actually do that and will put their time out for it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an accident. I don't know how it's going to come out. Uh, all we hear when it first happens is how many people deceased on it, and it just absolutely makes your stomach hurt. And you just go, oh, my gosh, how did this possibly happen? Well, there's a lot of factors involved, a lot of factors. You know, uh, like I said earlier, way earlier in the show, there's a lot of people killed on these roads in the U.S. in a year. A lot of every people. day, and this is a lot of people, and this is, and this is with all of the safety precautions, the seat belts, the airbags, everything. But and I don't know what caused that. I do know that if you don't keep your tires and keep tread on the bottom of those tires, and it rains a little bit, you're so slick. I don't even see how you. I don't even see how the car pulls away from a stop sign, especially when it starts raining. And yet I see people driving down the road this past week when it was raining. I've seen people driving down the road that would hit these washes, these little runoffs across the road at about 50 miles an hour in a 45 zone. And the water goes everywhere and the car wiggles its way across that little gully. And I'm going, why did they do that? You know, evidently they don't know. 
And so that's the reason we, we put a little bit of extra time in some of these safety issues, like going off the side of the mountain, uh, search and rescue, because I'm very familiar with that and seen a lot of stuff. And when I was in the military, I was a cop for four years. I have been on a radar site where there was only one cop on the mountain. I've seen these wrecks. I've had to investigate them. I've had to write them up. Uh, and there is a lot of stuff involved when somebody crashes. And you can't go in it blindsides that, well, he's an idiot. He just crashed and killed all these people. That don't work. I mean, that is, we can't do that. You need to go with the facts. Uh, it's hard to separate the personal opinions out of these things. But it's something, that's the reason we have courts. That's the reason we have judges. That's the reason we have governors. You know, these people have got the information. They can dig out the information. They can take a, 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 a look at it. And they're, they don't have anybody that was actually hurt in the investigation. So they'll, they'll take a different look at it and they'll look at the facts instead of the emotional part of it. There is no lessing or, or there is no, there's no taking away from the severity of this. Okay, and now you just have to find out what the heck happened and what could have possibly been done to keep this from happening. The only way you can stay out of a car accident on the side of the road or the potential for a car accident on the side of the road is keep that thing in your parking lot or in your garage at the house and don't drive. That's right. That's right. You know, and that's the only way I know that's the for sure. But other than that, hey, you know, it's it's cost of freedom. We so you can you can drive around. Uh, that's where we said, you know, Jim, Jim will tell you, three seconds minimum behind. You run 45 mile an hour, give yourself three seconds. 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. I do it now just to practice, just to make sure I'm not following too close. And that's only because Jim said three seconds. And but if I'm driving a big load, hey, if if I back off, and I've heard this one a gazillion times, well, if you back off, there's somebody will just get in front of you. I don't care. Maybe he's got to be there before I get there. I'm going to back off from him. And I'm telling you, I've lost as many as 10 car spaces because I'm not going to tailgate. I'm just, I'm going to stay back out. Even when you're sitting at a stop sign or a stoplight, you need about three good seconds. If you can stay about three or four car lengths back when you're stopped, but remember, if somebody hits you, when somebody hits you in the hind end of your car, you're going to go back, forward, and back again. And what happens is when you go back the first time, even though you're on the brake, it pulls your foot away from the brake and allows your car to move, and you hit the guy in front of you. And I've been in situations seeing people coming up behind me that I said, there ain't no way in the world they're going to stop. I'll actually just set my emergency brake and put my head back against the headrest and say, okay, here we are. And they'll slide right up to your bumper. I mean, literally right up to your bumper where you all you can see is the top of their vehicle. So things happen. All right, we're out of time for the first hour, 719-1490, 719-1490. We'll be back for the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Show right here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. 719-1490 is your call number. Give us a shout. We'll be right back. 